0: Hour number three, kicking off here in the White Claw, Hard Seltzer Studios. Last hour of the week, as you start thinking about your weekend. No NBA this weekend. College basketball. Center stage again. No football. First weekend with no football. When does the UFL start, Sam? Two weeks from now? Is is that coming up soon? When I ask you, I don't actually think you know the answer, (laughs) but it's like, Take the time to Google it while I'm talking and then give me the answer? That way you seem smart, Sam. (laughs) It's not me thinking that you're just like a a Rolodex of information over there. Yeah, I wouldn't. But look, generations, millions of people would have killed to have the power you have, Sam, of a microphone and a little computer in your hand that can give you all the information in the world that you ever need. Okay, Think about the caveman and how excited they got for fire. (laughs) Imagine they're going to take out their little phone and just... Googled how to make a fire or Googled something for delivery uh, to get fire delivered to them.
1: March 30th. We got a while until the UFL.
0: Well, I feel like last year or two years ago, like I feel like it started basically two weeks after the Super Bowls. I know. I it seems maybe like it
1: started a lot earlier than that. I
0: guess now that there's the two leagues are combined, they're just going to take their time and try to get it right and not compete against each other. Cause maybe it was like a, a race to get first, like on TV, but now they don't have to do that. Cause they're unified. But don't take for granted the technology you have, Sam. You have a microphone to talk to thousands and thousands of people and a little computer in your hand that's probably stronger than like the supercomputers used to be back in the day. I agree. Don't take it for granted. I agree. Okay, now keep quiet. Now keep quiet. <laughs> I don't have any more questions for you. <laughs> Bob, the floor's yours. You go.
2: Got a big weekend of uh, college basketball coming up. Um and we're going to talk with Eli Hershkovich a little later in the show on that, just from a standpoint of if you want to invest in some of those games. But some good matchups with ranked teams. There's some SEC implications in here for sure um, as well. Yeah. Obviously the Vols play, but it's Vandy coming to town, and you got to believe. Dear God, please <laughs> yeah. don't even be an interesting game. Are you going to the game? No. no, you're going out of the town this weekend. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I am not going to be able to see it, and that's okay. Um, yeah, I probably won't see any of it, actually. we will probably be occupied even while the game's on, even if it's on TV for me. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see what the spread ends up being on that. What's your guess? You're usually pretty good on your guesses here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would think it's going to be like 16 and a half, 17. Yeah. If I was guessing. I mean, I haven't given that any thought. and like Because sometimes, you know, you can kind of – there's kind of a formula, or at least in my head, I feel like there's a formula of like home and away and like where you rank in terms of like the metrics. You can kind of get an idea. I haven't looked at this, but I'm going to guess like 16 and a half, 17 points.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that feels about right. I mean, again, that should be, that should not be a game. Go ahead and lock me down. I'll, I'll make my guess, my official
0: guess, I'll make it 18. I'm gonna go up a little bit because I think the perception of Tennessee at home and Vanderbilt, like by the time like the bet, it might like, open and then like get bet up. But I think it'll be seventeen and a half to eighteen.
2: Eighteen is my pick. So if Eli was calling this, he'd maybe call it like six possessions. Yeah, or... a
0: six possession game. Yes, Something six like possession that. game, which leaves it perfectly ambiguous. To, <laughs> is it th- are those three point possessions or two point <laughs> possessions? I don't know, but it's a it's a six to ten possession game. However you look at it. <laughs>
2: There you go. Biggest game of the weekend, though, is um, number four Marquette at number one UConn. Big East headliner, and uh, you know uh, UConn's probably got some uh, unfinished business in their mind. They get they got swept in the regular season by Marquette last year. Now UConn had the last laugh, winning the title. But um, that's be a great game. Uh, If if, you're
0: Tennessee, you need to be rooting hard for Marquette. Yes, because UConn is pretty much solidified. Their spot is a one seed. Marquette has jumped you in, in the two-seed rankings. If Marquette wins against UConn, this game's at Marquette? No, it's at UConn. It's at UConn. Okay. So, yeah, they went on the road, definitely. Like, that's a that's a resume-defining win, and that yeah. pretty much locks them into a two-seed. And that's one spot that you have to worry about. So, like, you, you desperately need UConn to to win and hold serve here, I believe.
2: Yeah, that's that's a good mention, too, Uh jerry palm's latest bracketology dropped last night and had the vols still a two seed but moving kind of down the two seed ladder and they're now in his bracket paired in the east with yukon which i don't love that that would put you in what boston i believe yeah
0: boston against yukon that would be a pretty tough draw but it's an easy it's an easy flight up there i guess at least it's not a terrible trip yeah but yeah like i don't want to play that yukon team (laughs) no
2: not at all. Um, I think again. I game- saw
0: Lenardi, I think, drop Tennessee down to like the seven. He had him as an eight seed Tile with North Carolina. I don't know who the hell proofreads his things because it was all over the place, but it looked like he'd put Tennessee as the final two seed in his. Yeah. He
2: had him paired up, I believe, with uh, Purdue. Yeah. So, so so what? I guess Palm has him as the second to last two seed, right? The seven seed, maybe. Yeah. So. Um, a game that I, I I find could be interesting is Texas going to number three Houston. Texas, they're not ranked, but they do come out and and play well on occasion. They they need a game like this, obviously. And um, Houston just keeps winning. I, don't, I just don't. Uh, again, we've talked about this. They're not sexy, but man, they play great D and they get just enough offense. It's a good team. Um,
0: I can't imagine that that Texas team goes to Houston and wins. Maybe they can keep it close and give them a scare. Maybe that would be bad enough to like, maybe take Houston out of the lock to be a one seed. Maybe that would at least put them back where they're having to fight for it. Because, you know, Palm pretty much said like, Hey, Houston's about as close to locked in as possible. And of course we already know Purdue and Yukon barring some epic collapse, both locked in as well. So Tennessee's one seed dreams quickly fading. I would agree. They need a good weekend and also they need a good weekend when it comes to the SEC race like Kentucky goes to Auburn and you're kind of needing Kentucky to help do you a favor. Yeah, you need Texas A&M who beat your ass last week to to maybe kind of get some of their magic back and at least give Alabama a scare at Tuscaloosa but but a noon game so like a 11 a.m local start time. For college basketball it seems to be kind of an even playing field, especially whenever like Alabama wants to get out and run and go crazy. They maybe have a, you know, be a little bit hesitant to do that, or at least a little bit unable to do that. Maybe a little sleepy in the first half, at least a 11 a.m. start, not clicking on all cylinders.
2: Another team we've been keeping an eye on is uh, number five, Arizona and their game uh, tomorrow is against Arizona State, who's kind of a 500 team, but it's a rivalry game. It's in Tucson, so Arizona has home court advantage. But that's a game sometimes – you know, you never know. You never know. It could be a blowout, but Arizona State could sneak up and maybe knock them off, which would be another thing that could help Tennessee's cause.
0: Yeah, great point. If Arizona – Lost that game. That would be, I don't want to say a full seed dropper in in terms of taking them from a two seed to a three seed. But, like, I feel like it would put Tennessee firmly ahead. Yeah. That would be the worst loss, I believe, of any, like, one or two seed, right? Like, in terms of any contenders, like, that feels like by far the worst. Because, I mean, Tennessee's worst loss right now is South Carolina, which isn't great, but South Carolina's much, much, much better than Arizona State. Arizona State's hovering right around five hundred.
2: Yeah. So, we got to root for Bobby Hurley tomorrow, as much as I hate to say that. Um,
0: you know what? We don't have to. We can just enjoy our Saturday night.
2: Well, that's true. Um, like,
0: uh, the, the, whatever results going to happen in Arizona, Bob is going to happen regardless. So just you, you'll be in Savannah. You know, enjoy you some some green beer. Maybe they'll have it out there early, <laughs> a month early, getting you ready for because uh, you know it'll be a a month from today. Like tomorrow, it'll be a month from then to St. Patrick's Day. So maybe they'll go ahead and get the ball rolling a little bit. <laughs> February seventeenth, March. See 17th. how that
2: goes. I'll go into a bar and go. Where's your green beer? They might just have one. You never know. They might just have one for you. You never know. Um but yeah, you don't you don't have to pay
0: attention to Arizona you know, playing Arizona State. You you can
2: I don't know. You I can unplug. I like my college basketball. I don't know. I might have to You like it that much? Um yeah, I'm a bit of a nerd. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know Sam's gonna be locked in.
0: <laughs> I know he's gonna be in front of his Five different screens, keeping up with his college basketball.
1: I'm five.
0: I, I'll be I'll be watching Tennessee play. I'll keep an eye early on Alabama's score just to see if it's a game. If it's a game, I'll turn it on. If it goes the way it's probably gonna go, I won't waste any time on it.
2: How about Kentucky Auburn? Kentucky Auburn is another one of those that I don't know. That's it's on the same time as Tennessee. Yeah, as I was
0: say, it's on the same exact time as Tennessee. So I will be locked into the Tennessee game. So maybe the Auburn Kentucky game will be on somewhere as well. But like, it's not gonna get my main focus. My main focus will be Tennessee, Vanderbilt. Yeah. I'm rooting for Kentucky, but like, it's not like Tennessee has a lot of wiggle room over them either in terms of SEC standings and seating. So it's kind of a it's kind of a win win scenario. Either either Auburn loses or Kentucky loses, and you'll be happy with either result.
2: I know Cal likes to. He loves to be Bruce Pearl, so. He might have his guys fired up. I don't know. It's at Auburn, though. That's going to be a tough one. In the jungle, as they call it now. The jungle, the toughest student section in the country, is what they were calling it on TV. Uh, God.
1: Texas Tech and Iowa State is super interesting to me. For what reason? I think that Iowa State team is solid. Yeah, they're good. Very solid. But is there any
0: tie to Tennessee there?
1: uh, I mean, they've got a chance to kind of get into that two-seed territory. I mean, if they beat Texas Tech, their next matchup is Monday against Houston. So, I mean, I think – and they're ranked tenth right now. This is, it's a hot Iowa State team.
0: Yeah, so I know we're talking up. about things that affect Tennessee, and sure, I guess in that roundabout way it does. Marquette directly does because they're ahead of you, but ultimately, I do think if Tennessee takes care of business, they'll lock in their spot as a as a top eight team. Like as, as long as you don't fall apart down the stretch, you know you got to win these next three games. Against your loser opponents, you got to win against Vandy. You got to take care of business next weekend against Texas A&M at Missouri. At Missouri, you can't lose that one. And then, like, yeah, if you go two and two in your final four, that should be good enough to lock in a two seed. I would imagine. I would imagine three and one, of course. So, like, if you're saying then you go three and one, then yeah, you're definitely locked in. Two and two, you're going to be on the cusp. But go 3-1 in the games at the end of the season and take care of your business. I and mean, you don't have to watch Texas Tech and Iowa State.
2: I think another team we're paying close attention to is Kansas. They're playing at Oklahoma, so two ranked teams.
0: I imagine Oklahoma might be favored in that game.
2: That would be a good question. I mean, I, I, I hope so. This Again, we've said this. Kansas will always be there, but this is not like a vintage Kansas team. They're, you know – how often do you see kansas get beat by nearly 30 it was on the road but still they don't they don't lose like that but they did the other night so and they're still in that two conversation frankly a little questionable in my mind they're you know like again just referring to palms latest one they're uh they're ahead of tennessee as a 2 seed they're both 2 seeds but they're the higher rated one at the moment really yeah and that and what puzzles me is he made that he, he gave that ranking after the Kansas loss and after Tennessee mopped up Arkansas. So. Well,
0: it, it was funny. And, you know, I've talked about how I don't give a lot of energy to these updated seedings and stuff just because there's still time for it to shake out and it's going to change. But, like, it, I did find it funny on Wednesday night, you know, Lenardi always puts out his guide to watch and like the implications. And it was like, Tennessee can't move up or move down regardless of result. And I was like, well, that's weird. If you lose at Arkansas, you're going to move down. Tennessee wins by 30 and drops down two spots. Goes from six to eight. So you said we couldn't move up or move down. You win by 30, you move down two spots.
2: So that, that's great.
0: Kansas ahead of us is a little surprising. Okay, I guess.
2: Yeah. All I, right. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised by that, but um, but I I think you may be right. Oklahoma Oklahoma could be um, they could be favored in that. I mean, they've been playing they they've been up and down this year, but they're uh, they're playing well well enough that they could they could take Kansas down. Hey, it's the premier basketball conference in college basketball, according to their commissioner. So.
0: Would you lock this in, Sam? Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology, and I, I know he's not a friend of the program, but when I Google men's bracketology, ESPN's first comes up. So, send my my apologies to, to Jerry Palm, who is a friend of the program. But, Sam, would you lock this in? Tennessee as a two-seed in Charlotte. Colgate, and then the winner of Colorado State TCU. Kentucky or Iowa State would be your Sweet 16 opponent most likely, and then at the top of the the region is Purdue, and you would play them in Boston. Would you lock that in?
1: Um, yeah. That seems pretty favorable, I guess, compared to probably the other regions. What would the other, what are the other two uh, seeds matchups? So if, match-ups, I, if you I switch guess.
0: places with North Carolina, yeah, you're in Charlotte. You play Michigan State/Boise State slash Boise State. South Carolina or Baylor. And then Yukon, uh, most likely. You're okay. going yeah. to play them in Boston. I, I said Boston for Purdue. That was wrong. It was Detroit for Purdue. I'll,
1: I'll I'll lock in Purdue's region. Yeah, I would take that 100% over the Yukon one.
0: Uh, Marquette plays Oklahoma or New Mexico. Don't want any part of New Mexico. The winner would get most likely either Texas Tech or Auburn. Okay. And then you would play Houston and Dallas.
1: Yeah, I'm all good with locking in our region.
0: Kansas right now would most likely play Utah State or Butler. Florida, Atlantic, or Alabama. And then play Arizona in L.A. Perfectly fine. I think I would rather have the West. Like, if you could tell me we could have the West. Like I, Utah State or Butler, I don't know anything about those teams. I won't pretend to. But, like, Florida, Atlantic, or Alabama, I think Tennessee matches up great with Alabama. And I'm not impressed with that Florida Atlantic team. I know there'd be some demons there, but I'm not scared of Alabama. I think Tennessee is just a good matchup for them. And then Arizona, I think, is the weakest of the one seeds. I wouldn't really want to go to L.A. to watch it. Like, it's a far trip. But I'd rather go to L.A. than Detroit in terms of just vibes. Go out and see my boy Cody. That'd be fun, yeah. Having put me up in his his shack, <laughs> let me sleep in the back of his car or something like. But like, yeah, I mean, I, of the one seeds, like, I, I would play rather play Arizona, I think, than anybody else.
1: Really, I think I'd much rather play Purdue than Arizona. Really, yeah, I really, mean, I, yeah.
0: I mean, Tennessee went toe to toe with Purdue.
1: I just think the guard play of Arizona is a lot more of a mismatch for, for us than I don't playing. Know, man, I, I, I,
2: Arizona's got no depth. That's the only thing. They I, they I, they don't they're not they have like six players. And I'm seeing Caleb Love going like four for twenty. Yeah,
0: but he loves to show up in the tournament. I know, but I'm also <laughs> seeing him going four for twenty and like shooting them out of it. Now I guess he could get hot, but I like, think we'd have
1: a lot of problems with Umar Balo and Pelly Larson, that combo. Yeah, I think that, our bigs that, would get into foul trouble with them.
0: That white boy from Purdue is pretty good. What's his name, Bob? Oh, Braden, white guard? Brayden Smith. He's pretty good. I think he's, he's
2: better than Caleb Love. He's, he's, he's starting to get mentioned in All-American conversation. He's and having like, that kind of year. I don't know about Edie versus Balo or whatever, but like I'd be more
0: annoyed. I guess I'd be more annoyed losing to Purdue, so maybe that'd be the tiebreaker. I'd rather really
2: play Arizona just for that reason. I am certain the team I would not want to play is UConn. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's out of all of these, they worry me the most.
0: And Hurley just kind of seems like a jerk. I wouldn't want to lose to him. Yeah, he'd he'd have me mad.
1: And then whatever region has that second round matchup of
0: maybe playing New Mexico State would suck. New Mexico, New Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, I'm sorry. That that would be the one where you're matched up with Houston and Dallas, and like I wouldn't be afraid of Houston, but like doing it in Dallas. And Texas, of course, might might suck a little bit. Just of the cities, L.A., Dallas, Detroit, and Boston, where do you hope Tennessee is at for the Elite Eight and Final Four, or the Sweet 16 Elite Eight potential games? Um,
2: I think Detroit. That's your number one pick? Yep. Sam? Detroit or Boston, yeah. I, I shied away from Boston just because, again, it's almost a certainty UConn could be yeah. there. U- UConn's going to be there. It almost, yeah, they'll, they'll get that, that spot. L.A., the travel part of it, the time difference, all that stuff can mess with you. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about the time difference.
0: You know, because typically uh, the time doesn't really matter for me, but, hell, us doing a morning show, if we're out at L.A. because I'd want to be out there for it, uh, <laughs> us doing a 4 a.m. radio show doesn't seem like a recipe for success. <laughs> Live from her hotel room at 4 a.m. John, Bob, and Sam in the morning. I don't know. No Eli this week. And we had a cancellation. We'll talk some Tennessee baseball as they get set to kick off their season tonight. Stick with us. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. No weekend better away. We kind of already previewed the weekend of college basketball. Anyway, Bob, anything you want to add to that before we move on from college basketball?
2: No, um, no, I just think the games are really starting to matter for everyone. And, and you, we both talked about the fact that Tennessee, I guess, at least as a fan, you, you do a little more scoreboard watching with some of these other teams now um, and just assume and plan on the fact that uh, our guys are going to take care of business at least these next few games. It's really critical that they do and uh, maybe get a little help from some of the other teams. Hard to believe we might root for Kentucky a little this weekend.
0: Sam, what is your level of excitement for Tennessee baseball as we get set to have our first pitch tonight out in Texas? That's before college basketball tomorrow. The Vols, who, you know, I think, whether or not Kirby Connell wanted to admit it, I think they have national championship aspirations. Like I, I do think that's Tony Vitello's goal. I think it's realistic. I think Tennessee is one of the teams that is, is thinking that right now. This team could go and win it all, you know, if everything breaks correctly. I'm not saying it's win it all or bust. My goal for the season, I want to be hosting a Super Regional, be a top eight team. If you host a Super Regional, you'll feel like you got a pretty good shot of making Omaha. That's kind of where I'm at before the season is that fair or foul i think <laughs> foul foul ball <laughs> nice 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 baseball mood baby
1: uh i think that's absolutely fair john you know i think this is a team obviously coming off of omaha last year and uh a super talented team and it's a program that Vitello's obviously been able to to rise to the top and i think you're returning a lot of good guys and you found that vitello has really hit his stride in recruiting and he's now hitting guys out of the transfer portal that are big-name prospects in in that regard. And so I think now, man, if Chase Burns just didn't transfer, I think this Tennessee team is probably regarded as, you know, maybe not the national title favorite, but I think one of, you know, the top national title contenders in the country. So you're losing a little bit, obviously, in Burns. That's a top-five pick, maybe the number-one pick in the draft after this year. But I think there is a ton of, of, you know, areas to be excited about for this team this year.
0: Is there a football equivalent – So, like, Chase Burns transferring uh, in terms of a player that leaves and and, and gets out of here. Because that is something that I think we moved past pretty quickly. And I don't know if it's just the lack of the same care about the baseball program. I don't know if it's just the having more confidence in Tony Vitello to replace it and Frank Anderson to replace it. But, I mean, like, that was, like you said, maybe a top-five pick, maybe the number-one pick, just up and leaving, who had been dominant for you and like had great moments in the postseason and, you had gotten back to being maybe the best pitcher in the country outside of, of Skeens, like maybe the best returning pitcher in the country.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously kind of the whole thing that went down there was that the rumors was him and Frank Anderson kind of had some, you know, some relationship issues there maybe. So in terms of a comparison, I mean, man, it's like, it's one of your best players leaving. To me, it feels like it would be... Is it like
0: a starting quarterback leaving? Is it James Pierce leaving? I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. Like
1: No, I think 100%. I mean, I, I think to me it would be like a like a Jalen Hyatt leaving after the Alabama game or something like that, after he scores five touchdowns. Like, I think it's so, a guy that established a ton of success at Tennessee.
0: So, Jalen Hyatt, just... maybe someone who had a good freshman year, showed flashes, had a disappointing sophomore year. So, maybe he has the Alabama game at the end of his sophomore year, and then he leaves.
1: Yeah, so... I. That's a good question on trying to compare it. You yeah. know, it's a big one. It's a huge loss, but I think Tennessee. I mean, he done was kind game. of
0: the face of the program as far as on the field, right? Like he was the sure, yeah. Like last year, he was kind of the guy. He's like, your I spark mean, guy. I mean, obviously that
1: huge energy off the bench. The year before yeah, yeah, the it would be pick.
0: Gilbert. You know, he was kind of the face, and Jordan Beck, like those guys, and then it kind of, you know, I guess, you had Ender last year too. But I mean, like Burns, kind of past doll in terms of, of, of fan appreciation, I think, towards
2: the end of the year. I have a college basketball comparison. And okay. It's not a Tennessee player, but um, I think of like a Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, that's a, Michigan, good that's a good one. Leaving Michigan and going to Kansas with the notion that you're, yeah, Wake Forest was really successful, Tennessee's successful, you could argue. I think, it obviously, as Sam said, there's more to it than just that about why he left, but it's going to a program that has just as good a chance to win it all. Um, and okay. I don't know. That's the one that came to mind for me because in football, again, I didn't think of a Tennessee player, but I thought, I don't know, Caleb Williams, but Williams is like a number 1 draft pick. I don't know. I don't know if that's a fair one.
0: Well, Burns Burns might be the number 1 draft pick. I mean, he's, he's the best arm right now in baseball, I think, yeah. so I, mean, I don't think that Caleb Williams is a bad one either. Um, Olivier Kamwa, had he scored like 30 points, in, like, the next two tournament games after the Duke game? Because, I mean, he dominated Duke. <laughs> but imagine, like, if he scored, like, 30 points the next couple of games, it takes you to the Final Four in Leeds. Because, I mean, that's kind of what Burns did in terms of, like, being somebody that that helped get you to Omaha and then was dominant and getting you an Omaha win. And of course, I know Cumball's not that level. But he kind of had a similar thing where he balled out in the tournament against Duke. But then after the Florida-Atlantic game, I'm like, all right, go ahead and go. Like, you're still that guy. Never mind. Get out of here.
1: Yeah. You're, you're not going to be consistent comparison. enough. I think Dickinson's a good comparison, John. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Bob. Sorry.
0: Okay. So, yeah, I mean, like, Chase Burns is gone, and I don't think anybody cares. You know, I, I didn't even really think to ask Kirby about that on yesterday or yesterday's show. Yeah, because, like, it's kind of an afterthought because I don't think Tennessee is necessarily crippled by it. No. Would you rather have him? Sure. Absolutely. Would you trust him to be a starter this year? I don't know. He wasn't a very good starter last year, so, like, he might just be better equipped to come out of the bullpen unless he's figured out another pitch because as a reliever you can get by with having two dominant pitches now I know against Stanford he threw in a third pitch out of nowhere and was really really good against them but I don't know if I trust him as a starter
2: you you just mentioned Kirby a question I wanted to ask but I felt like you know what we're just getting to know this guy and you know maybe we want him on the show again but uh, and he probably doesn't have the answer but it's like you know what is up with Zane Denton too you know well, I, I I was told Zane didn't, basically,
0: there was some eligibility questions. Like really? I, I, I don't know if that's out there. I don't know, like, how much we're supposed to talk about it. But basically, like, from the moment he left last year, there was some questionable agent stuff that maybe uh, still... Co- like, Vitello had said this, like, himself. So, like, this isn't just me making this up or me hearing from a different source. But, like... I don't know if, how much they really wanted out there. I want it to be a talking point, but it's not a Dayton that uh, Zane Denton's gone like crazy type of thing or like he's not sure of his future. It was really like, even if he came back, it might take a while to get cleared. So like they don't want to have him for half a season. So it might be better just to get it cleared yeah. and figure it out next year is what I was told. So like, I, I don't know. Yeah. How much Kirby would actually talk about that either.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. So you don't have Chase Burns, obviously. He's not your starter. I need you, Sam, to give me the spill, fill me in on A.J. Russell, and maybe after tonight he makes his first career start, I'll quit confusing him with Andrew Lindsey. <laughs> yes, A.J. Russell. Give me the Russell. spill on A.J. Russell.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a super talented guy, obviously a true freshman yesterday, or <laughs> last year, sorry, um, but appeared a lot out of the bullpen. I mean, he appeared in 20-plus in games, um, you know, I think probably the big knock on him now coming out is that this will be his first start. It's a guy that hasn't exactly had a ton of experience in terms of going the distance. The longest he's pitched is is three and a third. Uh, So that'll be something to watch is kind of how long they keep him going. But obviously, too, I think you Kirby kind of talked about it in terms of the depth that this pitching staff has. I don't know if you're exactly expecting this guy to go out and give you six or seven innings every single night. So I think you could go and get four or five quality innings from Russell and kind of let some of that bullpen go to work after that. Uh, but it, he's a really talented kid, and I've heard that he's put on some weight in the off season, a good 15 to 20 pounds, so I think you'll see his velocity go up, and he's a guy that is, has had good command of his pitches, uh, you know, since coming in as a freshman, so I think you'll continue to see that this year. Hold
0: on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you you think he's a five-inning guy? Like, tonight, I get Like, if it's early in the season, you're you're careful with it, but, like, I imagine if you're getting the Friday spot, you gotta be stretched out and have some stamina. No, he like,
1: can. He'll he'll get stretched out, but I'm saying like I think that this uh, your your pitching staff is strong enough to where like you don't need to rely on him for seven a night
0: type of thing. Well, see, I, I would I want to push back on that if he's going to be in the Friday spot. Like I understand the pitching staff is is solid, but like we still want our day one starter, our night one starter of an SEC series to not have you going and getting multiple bullpen arms out, right? Like, is that not kind of Baseball strategy one on one like that's the reason your ace pitches like game one of like playoff series and like you, you want to maximize the innings that they can pitch and the depth they can go. And again, early in the season, non-conference, I'm not worried about that. This is an eye towards the SEC and you know even getting later. And in the tournament, that'll be a little bit different too because it'll be hey all hands on deck type of thing. You don't even necessarily need to save arms. You you just throw as many arms out there as you can get. But it in a season. Especially like in a SEC season, an SEC series, like I want my starter to go out there and give you seven innings.
1: He can give you seven, but I think you've got the guys in this bullpen to feel fine about you know stretching it out and and giving guys one to two innings at a time. I mean, you you went and got a guy in Nate Sneed in the portal. That's a guy who can go be a long reliever. If you yeah. get four or five innings out of out of Russell, Sneed can go give you three easily, and then you go into your back half. Uh, Stamos is a guy coming out of California who's...
0: Stamos from California? Yeah. Any relation to John? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't Uncle... think so. What's this guy's first name?
1: Uh, Chris.
0: Can I call him Uncle Chris? Oh, that doesn't sound as good as Uncle Jesse. Uncle Jesse? <laughs> Uncle Chris? <laughs> Full house reference.
1: <laughs> I think you've got some long relievers though, in this bullpen that can you can feel comfortable about not maybe getting a, the long start out of a out of a guy maybe. But I think Russell will absolutely be able to stretch it for you, and I think they've asked him that kind of going into this season also.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I mean, I imagine everybody's going to kind of be on a pitch count. You're not going to have guys go too deep in these games. I, I don't know what the number will be, but maybe around 80 pitches, you, you don't want to get burned out too early. So, like, yeah, tonight, I guess the goal, can you get to the sixth inning? maybe that's the goal just get to the six things so get through five maybe face I if you told me like he pitched five and a third and gave up two runs I'd be like okay that's a good first start I think that's my goal for him tonight is that fair yeah is that a realistic is that would you be happy with five and a third two two giving up
1: I think you'd be I think you'd be perfectly fine with that and I think you'd be fine with that just because of the talent that you've got kind of in that in that bullpen after that I think that's kind of the main – you might lose a little bit in terms of some, some starter production, but I think you're you're a whole lot deeper in your bullpen this year.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, maybe maybe college baseball is a little different. It's not as big of a grind in terms as comparing it to, like, Major League Baseball, of course. You know, you, you don't throw your big guys during the week. They only throw once a week. So, may, maybe the bullpen can be saved and maybe a starter – because, I mean, that's what we did in 2021, right? Like, our Friday starter was a guy that pretty much only gave you five innings, I feel like. A lot of the times. Yeah. So that was okay. And like, you know, last year, we even you had Burns to be able to go three innings at, you know, at a time. Maybe there's somebody in there, like you talked about. Was it, who was the guy you said you brought in? Was it, was it Liam Spence? Who did you say you brought in?
1: Uh, AJ, Sne- or I'm sorry, Nate Sneed. Sneed, yeah. Yes. Liam Spence. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Used to play here years ago.
1: Liam Spence did yeah. used to play here. Yeah. yeah, Sneed's a guy that's gotten a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of attention kind of throughout throughout the fall.
0: And if you have three or four guys that are in contention for the Sunday spot, whoever doesn't get the Sunday spot is probably going to be in, like, a three- or four-inning relief role.
1: Yeah. I think you'll see Tony get pretty experimental kind of with that Sunday role early on and just see which guys kind of fall into place and who can kind of slot into, you know, maybe an early starter role or – you know, I think there's a big open competition and some young guys too. Potentially, even some freshmen that could get some run there.
2: That's what I was going to ask about the specifically the Baylor game on Sunday this weekend. Is do we expect to see like could be as many as like four pitchers in that game? Yeah,
1: that to me that Baylor game that Sunday matchup is the one that I'm looking at the most just because you know obviously you kind of know what you've got with Russell and and Beam and you've got guys that are that are kind of vying for that third spot. I think. It'll be interesting to kind of see Wyatt Evans has been a hot name that I've heard uh, was injured last year, but he's got a, a lot of buzz around him. Uh, Xander Seacrest is a guy who's been around the program for a while and you kind of know what you're getting out of him. So you might see him. And then I know Kirby mentioned it as well. Uh, but Derek Schaefer's a, a young kid that has, has got a lot of a lot of buzz coming out of, out of high school.
0: I'm excited to see these new guys that you're mentioning and see them in their new roles. The problem is, are not really going to be able to watch unless you're. Uh, it's like thirty dollars for a month of watching this. Yeah, this weekend. That's. I'm going to try and
2: illegally stream it somewhere.
0: I just don't know anywhere that will do it. It's not a big enough thing to be like on any of the usual sites, but maybe you'll find something.
2: Yeah, we had Let's some. We had a listener ask that same question: Can you know can it be watched somewhere without having to pay thirty thirty damn dollars for a full month subscription? And it's like, no, you might have to pirate it somehow. So. Might have to but get you didn't hear edit. that from me, by the way. I don't no. want to get implicated with that. <laughs> Bob's lawyer says that you yeah. can't say yeah. yes.
0: <laughs> so when you tell me that you expect Tony Vitello to get experimental, Sam, does that mean that we should not expect a fast start to the season and to kind of round into form like it was last year? Because yeah, you, you know, you had a rough start to the year last year. Yeah, you did slow. You did start a little slow, and it, it did end up costing you a chance to host even a regional. You weren't even a top sixteen team. You know, you you didn't get to host and cost me a little bit of money and fun getting to go and watch those games. But, you know, ended up working out and you you peaked and you you figured it out and got to Omaha and won a game. But do you expect a slow start to the season during experimentation or the offense going to be good enough to kind of overcome that? Because it wasn't last year. The offense, it took a while for the offense to get going.
1: I mean, I think you could see a slow start for sure. I think you've, you know, you're you're replacing some guys on that offense too. And you're kind of – expecting some some guys to step up into some roles and so you know you're losing a couple big bats like a a jared dickey type guy so i mean there's there's absolutely some production to be replaced i think yeah i mean you started you started off one and two last year in that in that season uh tournament that you went out to in arizona with a really talented squad as well so
0: give them what they want trey
1: i don't think it's necessary like baseball is one of those sports where it's such a long season you can't panic at the start and it's one of those things that it just takes a little time for a team to mesh and and get going together. So, I wouldn't hit the panic button if we start slow, but I also would not be surprised at all if this team can kind of just start off right where you think they might and be a lethal offensive team.
0: Well, I don't think the offense clicked last year until the Vanderbilt series. It feels like that kind of woke up the team, and then you kind of went on a run. You had the the Friday night, you you had the miraculous kind of walk off. Uh, You tie the game, then win it with two home runs, and then that – it was a Saturday game that you just beat the hell out of them, or maybe it was a, a Sunday game—I don't remember—but I was there. The
1: power that you've gotten this year's lineup, I think, is something that is is something to really be excited about, though.
0: Do you have a guess for how the lineup shakes out? I know there was a little bit of a tip in the ha- tip of the hand, I guess, whenever it came to you know the inner squad scrimmage. Logan Quinton—I'll just give you Logan Quinton. He's our baseball guy. Yeah. You can tell me how you think it sounds and. We're going to start off with my favorite guy, left fielder Dryling.
1: Dryling, out of boy. way. Dylan Dryling. Does it make sense
0: as a leadoff hitter?
1: 100%, 100%. I would expect to see Dryling as your leadoff guy.
0: SEMO at number two?
1: Yeah, good with that. I think SEMO is uh, is probably your number two guy for sure.
0: Peebles at three?
1: Definitely good with that. I think that's going to be uh, a quick fan favorite. It's a switch hitter. It's a guy that hit 400 at NC State. Peebles will be one of the most dynamic hitters on this team. This Love year.
2: that first name, man. Cannon. Yeah. It is perfect. He's got a catcher. great baseball yeah. name.
0: Peebs. Yeah.
2: Cannon Peebs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Peebs is a good name. Mm-hmm. It's a good nickname. Short. Cannon. Throwing people out. I don't know if he's got a strong arm behind the plate. I mean, I don't know. I don't feel like he's good. If you're hit as good as he is, like I imagine like you're going to have to he's... most likely find a different position for your pro prospects because –
1: well, he'll be a good enough hitter that he'll probably stay at catcher, honestly. Really? That's just a big enough premium if you're a good hitter as a catcher and you're serviceable enough catching the ball. You'll,
0: you'll I just figured if you're a good hitter, behind. they'd want to save your knees. I mean, like, if you're Joe Maurer, sure. But, like, otherwise, like, maybe find you at first base and not – have the wear and tear that eventually will ne- take you down from being a good hitter. I mean, I, I don't he know. He can
1: him. DH too, so like sure. universal DH now in baseball. That yeah. won't be as big of a, a problem for him in the major leagues.
0: Blake Burke at fourth at cleanup.
1: Um, Yeah, that seems probably pretty right. I mean, It I, seems
0: high for me ideally.
1: I think maybe you could see Billy Amick or maybe like a Dalton Bargo type guy maybe get over him. It sounded like in Vitello's press conferences that they're kind of asking Burke to be more comfortable in the middle of the lineup.
0: Yeah, well, in the middle is number four, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: I think if middle is four, five, six. I mean, because yeah, I feel we'll like think. later in the – I mean, I feel like last year he was more like a seven, eight, nine role. I mean, like, gonna.
1: – He'll be anywhere four to six, I think.
0: Okay. I don't really want him in cleanup, I don't think. Unless he's, like, vastly improved his contact. I just don't – I don't know. I just didn't have a lot of confidence in him last year. Struggled the with the play. breaking
1: pitches. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Amick, Bargo, – Inslee, Tears, and is it Lowry? Lowry? Uh, yeah, Lowry, I think Laurie, maybe. Uh, I'm not
1: sure on that one. Sorry, okay. Brad
0: The shortstop position is going to be early, like kind of in flux, right? As Tennessee's dealing with a couple injuries there, and you're trying to kind of see who takes that spot.
1: Yeah, you had a kid, uh, a freshman, Ariel Antigua, who was kind of was hoping to be that, that starting shortstop, and he had a hand injury kind of late before the season started. So he's out. Um, but Laurie's a guy that's you know is very talented as well so I think you'll see them rotate some guys at short and second early on
0: last question three game series this weekend three and all the goal you go with two and one
1: two and one I'm good with but yeah three knows always the
0: goal best and worst of the week coming up after the break as we wrap up a week of shows here stay locked in on fan run radio white Claw. This week of shows with a little best and worst of the week. Bob,
2: what do you got? I'm going to give you my best and then come back to the worst. Okay. But the best is, well, tied to something that could be worst of the week, but we're not going to dwell too much on it. Oh, no. I think we got the best best. I think we got the same one. Uh oh.
0: Oh, no. It's okay. Trey Smith. Trey Smith. You go. I got another one. Well, I mean,. You but you have it laid out. I mean, the Trey Smith story that came out. I mean, he's getting a lot of love for handling the the tragedy and you know the tears and I guess uh, frightfulness or just the anxiety that people in the crowd were feeling. A story of him consoling a crying boy and giving him the Chiefs championship belt and kind of sitting there and talking to him. And again, Bob, that's that's wrestling, wrestling helping helping. uh <laughs> hill a nation but yeah Trey Smith getting a lot of love for how he handled and consoled a, a young kid I thought that was the best story of the weekend like you said it, it does help whenever it's such a a tragedy to find some type of silver linings and stories of hope but
2: well yeah. and th- and that's fine I have another one and it's unfortunately tied to again off the heels of a tragedy but it happened locally and that is I don't know if you guys saw where um University of Tennessee lit up Neyland Stadium in blue the other night yeah. in tribute to the fallen uh fallen sheriff that was tragically killed in blunt county um i saw it was a really nice touch by the university i mean it was beautiful too i mean it was just seeing that big blue glow over Neeland. um that those were those were top of the week for me those two
0: sam what do you got
1: uh my good it was we talked about it uh you know at the top of the hour there but it was ea and the college football uh Video game, man! I think it uh, set the internet on fire. It's gonna set the internet on fire in May when the whole trailer comes out and when the release is set to happen. But I can't wait. Vols letters are in the uh, are in the new. Well, in I the saw new everybody game.
0: getting excited about that. You think they're gonna do a game in 2024, <laughs> Sam, and not have the accurate yeah, you know, the accurate stadium? Maybe there. they and started
1: doing it so long ago that like or they were you worried we that the
0: balls letters weren't gonna make it? Maybe. All the nerds on Twitter are like, oh, my God, the letters. They got the letters. What did you think they were going to
1: have? It's going to look good, man. It is. It's going to look good.
0: They're going to take it seriously. Maybe they
1: started building Neon Stadium before we put those back up there, and they're like, oh, screw it. I don't want to go back in because we know is lazy. I
0: would imagine it's not that big of an ass to go in and add a couple letters. Hopefully. If they're going to make this game, they're going to do it right. They're going to do it like, Oh, my God, the letters. They got the Jumbotron. Oh, my God, they're smoky. Well, they'll get the power tee, they got the checkerboards right in the end zone. Oh my god. My college
1: football game.
0: <laughs> also, shout out to Caitlin Clark. She set a record. She's probably the best of the week. Best of the last couple of years when it comes to college basketball. What about your worst
2: of the week, Bob?
0: Oh my god.
2: I think the worst of the week is and I think it's tied to, um, again, Super Bowl. But I want to be, and he's a fabulous player, but I want to be done hearing about Travis Kelsey for a little bit. Okay? Just, um, it feels like the guy is absolutely under a microscope now. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. You know, it, it, they win the Super Bowl title. There's a lot of, you know, stuff bouncing around about his Confrontation on the sidelines with Andy Reid—they're still talking about that. Andy Reid's like, I didn't think it was a big deal. Um, it should be between those two, but it's you know obviously on camera. He, he was drunk at the Chiefs' victory celebration, and of course, some really tragic stuff happened after that. But uh, you know, Tom Brady was drunk at the Bucks' Super Bowl celebration a couple of years ago, and I don't feel he got nearly the heat that Kelsey got. All it speaks to me on is we got to get Travis Kelsey out of the spotlight for a little bit. I'm just, I'm exhausted hearing about anything tied to Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, all of that. I'm just, just done with it for a while. So that's that's how the
0: celebrity cycle works. We love you you, and then we're like, okay, we're tired of you. You got to go away for a little bit. Yeah. I'm telling you, Glenn Pal, be careful. (laughs) It's going to be you next, buddy. You keep popping up in these damn movies. Although I got to say, I saw Jeff Goldblum. At the actual Super Bowl, and they showed him on the Jumbotron, and he got up and did like a heart sign, like, it was like, well, I love you guys, thanks, and everyone cheered him, and, you know, I said there was too much of him in the Super Bowl commercials, but he looked happy to be recognized at the Super Bowl, so, you know, they, they, they did like a juxtaposition of like, they were showing Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio, and he was like on his phone, and Rubbing his nose. I don't know why he was rubbing his nose. I don't know what they were doing up in that press box. I'm not making any allegations. But he never looks up from his phone and rubbing his nose. And they went to Jeff Goldblum, who looks up. And is like, oh, oh, my God, it's me on the Jumbotron. Hey, guys. Heart. Love you guys. Like, oh, it's cool. My worst of the weekend. Or worst of the week, excuse me. Uh, NBA drama. I don't think they should have arrested Isaiah Stewart, Beef Stew, for punching a player in the locker, in, in the hallway. They're players. Settle that without actually getting arrested. I think you should have different rules in sports, as long as you don't take a skate and stab somebody with it.
1: He said it was a soft punch, too.
0: He said, he said it was soft?
1: Uh, whoever or got he, hit. I, care remember, I don't know who got hit, but he well, said it was soft Why are you calling the police,
0: punch. then? <laughs> and then also, our, our boy Grant Williams is, is in it as well. Him and the Mavericks taking shots at each other. He was kind of doing veld shots where it was like, hey, yeah, it's nice to play on a team where everybody gets to touch the ball. Feels good to get to shoot. And then people from the Mavericks fired back, and uh, according to ESPN's uh, Tim McMahon, I would say one of the ways that Grant Williams rubbed people the wrong way, the yap, yap, yapping, (laughs) obviously that's kind of part of it with him, which is charmingly obnoxious if he's productive and it's grating when he's not. But he didn't report in good shape, and Grant Williams not in good shape is not a good defender. So they're basically like, yeah, Grant Williams was fat and talked too much. He got fired for being fat and yappy. You can't be fat and yappy. You got to be one of the two. Or you can't be bad, fat, and yappy. Maybe he could be fat and yappy if he can still play, but he wasn't playing good enough to be fat and yappy. Sam, you got a worst of the week?
1: Uh, it was the uh, NFL Super Bowl mic'd up for the Niners. Huh. Um, yeah. yeah that's George Kittle. There was a there was a clip of him and George Karloftis blocking each other, and then the fumble happens. He goes, oh, hey, George, and then George Karloftis just jives on the ball.
2: Yeah, yeah, I,
0: I heard it that. Just,
1: too. It just encapsulated perfectly how unprepared the Niners were compared to the Chiefs.
0: I, I saw that, but also I thought that might have been piling on because my man George Kittle, who I do like, and he was my favorite player a couple years ago in terms of non titans he did blow that guy like five yards off the ball.
1: Sure, but he got the ball.
0: Well, I know, but he doesn't have eyes in the back of his head, Sam. He's blocking. He's finishing the block. You're not supposed to turn around and look. Like, you keep blocking. You keep blocking. And the ball just happened to fall out right behind him. Now that's a bad look. It's bad luck for him, especially with the hey, George moment in there. But, like, <laughs> he blew the guy five yards off the ball. He was blocking. It's not his fault Christian McCaffrey can't hold on to the damn ball.
2: Way off, off my boy Kittle. I love George. I love George. Hey, hey, last Super Bowl thing, too. You were talking about with Grant Williams being fat and yappy, but – you know who's not fat? Uh, I hadn't seen him in a while. Post Malone. He was uh dude's thinned out. He still
0: looks like he smells, though.
2: <laughs> he still looks like he smells. He's a talented dude. But have yes. a great weekend
0: down in Savannah. Thank Bob, you. Sam, Thank you, you have a great weekend as well. Listeners, have an even better weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. The G.I. Jake Show coming up at the, after us. Stay locked in on Fan Run Radio.